the share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Says Podcast. I am your host as always, Garrett Williams, and joining to me joining me today, I've got a full crew in the house. We got my boy Kyle Henning at Kden16. Kyle, how are you doing? Oh, we're good. We're good. We're past hump day. We're ready to move on to the uh, end of the week and get some more Chiefs football. And it's a it's a long wait because it's a Sunday nighter. Yeah, exactly. A night game for this week, and then also join us back from his uh his little hiatus that he had he's just been going through it really uh our boy arrowhead tom tom welty how are you doing tom i'm doing great just uh you know waiting to to make it big so you know we can all do this full time and uh, i don't have to get called into work uh every day of the week but you know no complaints right that's you running around your chicken with your head cut off for you know <laughs> the last three weeks or whatever yeah no, yeah or uh more like the last i don't know six months but yeah, you I know. was giving you the benefit of the doubt Try of not having. <laughs> Listen, we were we were doing well there for a little bit, but yeah, it's been uh, it's a crazy crazy time out there, folks, for everyone. So you know, hug the people you love, remind them that you love them, and and stay safe. Heck yeah, stay there safe. are crazy people out there. It's not just the times; there are crazy people too. There really are crazy people out there. Yeah, like people who thought the Browns were going to beat the Chiefs in Week One. That was yeah. crazy, huh? Yeah, and then crazy. and then they sincerely continue continue to take L after L after L after L, even though they know they're taking the L's. They just keep asking for more. It's really a bold strategy that it's I bold, don't know sure. how it's going to pay off for it. But anyway, on the uh, subject, we are playing the Ravens this week, so yeah, exactly. We are playing the Ravens on Sunday Night Football, like how well, like to. half of them, anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. So that is kind of the big storyline to kind of enter this week because, yeah, the Ravens have, I believe it's 15 players on IR right now, and it's uh, it's week two. Um, so that is it's, not good. It's 14 until they actually put the guy who tore his meniscus today on it, and then it'll be 15. Of course, of course, yeah. Um, for starters, I don't know what's going on with that Ravens training field or that like training staff because there's always that one team every season. Like it was the yeah. Niners last year, right? And it's the Chargers every year, but it's usually one team every year mm-hmm. that gets just absolutely decimated by the injury bug. And the Ravens didn't even make it to Week Two, and uh, decimated's a nice term at this point. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they had. Oh, and that doesn't count Ronnie Stanley that might go on. Yeah, exactly. There's another guy who might miss the game. And I know there's a bunch, a boatload of people on their injury report that didn't participate or were limited in participation today. Um, Literally, the whole list, anybody that was listed was either a DNP or yeah. an LP. Meanwhile, for the not. Chiefs, everyone was a full participant today. So that was actually very nice. Um, so Austin Blythe is actually back. Uh, so he'll be out there to provide some, some backup depth if needed. And. Uh, yeah, it seems like everyone's uh, pretty healthy. Frank back, Tyron back. More yeah. importantly, Tyron not even listed on the injury report. More yes. importantly, that's that's really important, guy. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about it without Tom a little bit, but that is that's a big time important key factor. And I know Juan and them played better in the second half because they more got more comfortable playing without him. I just don't want to see this defense without him anymore. I'd prefer it to just not be that way. Yeah. And I don't know uh, how much you guys talked about Chris Jones's performance um, earlier this week, but just uh, hats off to him. And I, you know, with the Balt- Baltimore's offensive line looking like it's going to be uh, together. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, they said they wanted to be, you know, Super Bowl contenders, and they apparently went back and watched the Chiefs' offensive line from last year, and they're like, "Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's Let's that everybody man. on IR, yeah. and uh, we'll get to the Super Bowl that way." But um, yeah, I, think I don't there. know that I would recommend that for a guy yeah. who's a little more <laughs> dependent on a run game than some other guys might be. Yeah, not the um, best strategy. Yeah, so I think I also feel bad for that guy because he's got to be looking. 
You remember what RG3 did when he was in Washington where he like looked up and went, oh God, it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> like, There's nobody oh, else out here. Yep. <laughs> like yeah. they have a one or two guys left, but for the most part, Lamar's looking around going, uh, yeah, it's a contract here. <laughs> and this is who's blocking for me. Yeah. I wonder there's uh, some hesitation in that, uh, you know, those negotiations. But, you know, it's and it's not like you can just have starting offensive linemen, like, just laying around or whatever, like, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, very capable tackles. Like, not like yeah. if you had those, you would trade them away or something. Right, like, why Especially trade away? not to a, why trade away a contender. Good yeah, within your same uh, conference. Yeah. Definitely would... not a team that you haven't been able to beat in three years, despite everybody hyping it up as the – next big rivalry in the nfl the next you know manning brady except one of these teams can't seem to you know actually show up to those games yeah exactly so i want to kind of break it down here and and we can really just dissect what this game's going to look like so obviously the offensive line is going to be tough so what do you guys kind of envision the ravens do uh, offensively um obviously they're also out a slew of running backs they have like their fifth or sixth string running back in now um, the run game is always a huge part of part of the game, but uh, it feels like Lamar might just be scrambling for his life every single play. Frankly, I don't know what they do because this I, it kind of sucks. I was really looking forward to this game about three weeks ago, and now like, everything I was curious to see about this game is gone. Because not only are they missing three running backs and a, a wide one wide receiver, if not two and two or three offensive linemen. They're also missing they, – they've got at least one D-lineman that hasn't pr- participated in, I don't think, all season. He's on the DNPs. Um, they've got another corner that just tore another ligament. Like I said, meniscus for Wet, uh, Wesley, is that his name? West, mm-hmm. West, ah, God, I wanna, I'm going to get that wrong. Westry, yeah. Westry, Westry that's yep. it. And then Peters just tore his – Marlon Humphrey played like 90 snaps last week. Yeah, That's Marlon it. Humphrey was limited in practice. Boatload of snaps last week. Yeah. Like, this is not going to be fun for the Ra- – and their offensive line is beat up that I don't know what they're going to do as far as protecting Lamar. Villanueva was getting – and this isn't even – I'm not even trying to knock the dude, but he was just getting – and I think he switched sides, which is something that he's not used to. Well, yeah, but so I believe he's usually a left tackle. They played him Max at right Crosby tackle for the game. just – feeding him his butt on a plate. Yeah. He was just destroying that man. And on Villanueva, I think he's going to be moving back to left tackle for this game. If, Which might actually if be better Stanley's for him, although yeah. I don't know that that's an upgrade over Stanley who was no, over there. No, not even, not even close. Yeah, Stanley well, went healthy. Stanley being, what, 50% of what he was? Yeah, that is true. He didn't, look right he didn't have a... Game. Yeah, he didn't have a great game for sure. Um, so mm-hmm. it's probably a marginal upgrade, uh, if anything, I, just from the experience. They have so many holes. Tom, what do they do? Just block it uh, to bring extra tight ends in and pray like what do you think? <sighs> i don't know i think i mean i think they'll keep it simple on offense and they'll probably look for some short stuff and and it wouldn't surprise me too much if they especially early on like if they got a little bit of you know a little bit of traction the first couple of drives but yeah i think that they're gonna have to keep their offense pretty simple and they're probably gonna try to grind it out i mean even if you um you know I, that's it's Lamar, regardless of what you think of him as a passer, has never been a guy who can drop back and take over a game that way. Um, I just, yeah, they're going to have to try to outgrit the Chiefs defense, which is, I think, in years past, might have been a little bit more, um, you know, more of a reasonable game plan. We saw that a little bit with with Cleveland this first week, like, you know, getting that play action stuff. Like, that's what they're going to have to live on. The problem is the Chiefs defense is going to have Frank Clark, and it's going to have Tyron Matthew back and so some of those plays that Cleveland got away with that you know those little dump off flat plays that should have been maybe a seven yard game that became a 20 yard game aren't gonna happen yeah aren't gonna happen at least not as frequently so um yeah and and again they may they may just try to man to you know go big on big and, and try to push it down Kansas City's throat but um but you know they're gonna have to to figure something out um they're off I mean a lot of players to be missing it's a lot of it's early in the season to be this banged up you cannot end up in obvious passing situations or it's a wrap and that's unfortunately what the kind of the ravens tend to end up being when they face the chiefs because they end up getting to a 
not with this offensive line. They can't no. you cannot get behind the sticks with your deep offensive line the way it is against this defensive line unit. Not with it fully healthy and not with it no. It yeah. I I'm struggling with how they don't really just go out and handle this Ravens offense. And I don't think I would have I've said that remotely about this team the last three times or the last three years when they played them. Yeah. Because that offense has been a problem, but they're just so banged up. Yeah, and if you think about the defense's performance uh, against the Browns, obviously we were missing a lot of pieces, and we kind of figured it out near the end. Um, but I really am going to be looking for, for Nick Bolton and Anthony Hitchens out there to, to really be dominating just the whole middle of the field and, and c- helping contain Lamar and chase him down. Um, I think Nick Bolton's definitely going to be put to the test in terms of uh, see how athletic he is compared to Lamar. Um, obviously, it's, it's tough for anyone to tackle <laughs> Lamar. He just goes through and uh, just jukes... He's, it's crazy how the the finesse that he has with his body and his and his footwork and everything like that that he can just like slither through little holes and and uh, mm-hmm. and find breathing room. So I'm gonna be looking for the linebackers especially uh, to to really step up this game. You didn't name the linebacker that they're gonna try to use the most. I think in this game for that exact purpose. I never like mentioning. He's the only reason he's on the roster. I never like mentioning for- that linebacker, Kyle. I don't. I don't know how else to say this. I think the only reason Dorian O'Daniel was on this roster is because Lamar Jackson was week two. Yeah, yeah. that was not the I linebacker. I think you're going to see him on I'll the field with Willie Gay out and with them using Neiman and Bolton and Hitches. I think you're going to see more of DOD than you expect because that's yep. what they use him for. More of that spy. and Yeah. yeah if be... DOD can find his way onto the field, then a hey, more power to him, I, I suppose. If that's the, I, this, if that's the I really think this is the game out. that he's on this roster for. He plays special teams. I get that. He's on it for that. But, like, for as far as a defensive perspective goes, this is his game. Yeah, like, this, this is, is the one guy who – use him on that side of the ball. Exactly. He is, like, the best matchup that we've had for, for most of these guys. And, obviously, the Ravens' passing game heavily goes through their, their tight ends and Mark Andrew – Mark Andrews and uh, and who's, stuff like that. So who's covering Sammy? Yeah, that's a good question because he's basically their wide receiver one for the game. The Hollywood. Somebody's getting Hollywood and somebody's getting Sammy. So who's getting Sammy? Tom. Um, I think you can put more. Uh, okay, I know who I, I want on him. I think you put a bigger body on Sammy, and I think you put Travis Ward on him. And, you know, I know Wards can get beat, but Sammy doesn't have the same juice. We saw that, you know, his last his last year here, and he may be finally healthy, but um, otherwise you put Snead on him, and, and that's fine too. I, it just It's just kind of a pick your poison. It, it, I want DeAndre I, Baker to cover him. Oh, DeAndre. Would that be interesting too? No, I, I, I think that – I want you know, DeAndre Baker or Finn to cover him if he goes in the slot, and I want Legarius or, or – um, Charvarius on him on the outside if he's on the outside. Well, the good yeah. news is that you know, kind of we, we saw uh, Legarius and and Juan and a couple of those DBs just in different roles for the Browns game. Obviously, with the the loss of Tyron Matthew for that game, so uh, they'll be able to be to kind of put people wherever they want now instead of just kind of relying on on like because they were kind of relying on Legarius Need and versus the Browns to be a, a sort of a Tyron Matthew role and uh, and you know dominate the line of scrimmage and and do some of those things so um hopefully with the tyrant coming back and and everyone kind of garden or everyone uh kind of figuring out their assignments and stuff like that they'll be able to to utilize the matchups they like the most and fenton Mm -hmm. um i'm not sure how much play he even got versus the browns but uh it's definitely a matchup i mean he's familiar with sammy he's probably practices against him the most out of everyone maybe charvarius um but yeah, it's it's one of those things where they know each other and they know how to how to beat each other. And Sammy, like you said, isn't isn't what he once was. But I still think he's got some good football left in him um, when he's healthy. Which, if he can uh, stay healthy for the full game and maybe a couple more weeks in the season, he's uh, I think he'll put up some good numbers with the, the Ravens. That's what I think makes this the most curious to me is what Spags and them think about Sammy, who they put on him, and who they choose to match him up with. Well, hold on, is Hollywood Brown even going to play in this game? That's a big question because he's he question mark, DNP. He's to. He did he DMP today? Um, uh, he, on Wednesday. Four he hours did. Ago, um, I thought he was an LP today. In Thursday's practice. Ooh, well, that's not great. So, um, you know, really, they could just put everybody on Sammy, I guess. <laughs> As you say, that's uh, the case. Yeah, they could put whoever they want. Kinds of things. I, 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 mean, I, like, you... I like Miles Boykin, former Notre Dame guy, but he's not 
that guy. Like he's uh, not. Yeah, he's not that guy. I think I think you can lock Boykin up with Ward and then let give, give your put your athlete on your athlete and, and give Snead to right to Watkins. Yeah. Um, you could it, even, wait, yeah. if no Hollywood, that changes all kinds of things because then yeah. I think you're going to see either Juan or Tyron on Andrews all day. Yeah, I think I don't I think, even think you mess you with like putting that. a linebacker on him. I think you put one of those two on him and call it a day. Yeah, I think you like the the Juan uh, Andrews matchup pretty well. And again, with a linebacker underneath to help kind of pick up that immediate stuff. Um, you know, that'll, it'll be interesting, I think, especially without Willie Gay, um, to see Nick Bolton kind of in action there and cover and, and probably some more uh, high stress coverage snaps there. He he surprised me last week and. I'm sure you guys talked about him um, yeah. already, but he did better. Than Not me. as much as I wanted to because I couldn't really tell because we hadn't watched the game without seeing it from just the stadium view. Yeah, and I don't, and I wasn't really going to talk about anybody. We couldn't really see like we mostly talked yeah. about the line because we had really good look at the line play all day. Yeah, um, well, he had some plays. I mean, he stuck some people. Yeah, so. he he showed off that um, most importantly, he's a very sure tackler, which is something that the I, rest of the team seemed to lack that game for sure um so that's always nice to see. at all by that that's what he did at missouri my no, question exactly, and will yeah. and for always will be can he cover someone in in this league like he's going to have to learn how to be able to cover guys because if he can't it'd be a problem and he didn't do any i didn't see anything where he got burned in coverage or anything i don't know how much he was asked to cover anybody really yeah i, I can only that. remember maybe one situation where he might have gotten but beat as slightly in a coverage situation as far as diagnosing attacking downhill making the run plays getting the stops and tackles filling gaps no it looked exactly like what i expected to look from him yeah exactly. yeah he had some real some really solid open field tackles and he he i'm curious to see if he it. keeps neiman off the field this week more yeah i mean but ben neiman didn't have a terrible yeah honestly ben, ben neiman did look pretty, pretty well yeah. yeah i mean it, he, it was like i said they he surprised some folks the defense got turned around early with some of the play action and, and you know, things like that. And, and again, give the Browns offensive line some credit. They're a good unit. But, man, at, at the end of the day, they, they made the adjustments and they figured things out. And and a lot of their big chunk plays in the first half were were off of that play action, you know. And once, once Cleveland had to just drop back and throw the ball, they couldn't do it. And so, again, it, it's that same people – at the end of the day, either you have somebody who can go toe-to-toe with – Patrick Mahomes or you don't and there's not many people who can do it right there's Aaron Rodgers there's Tom Brady those are the guys who can who can do it who can keep it coming into the game and and like with a strategy of oh we're going to run the ball we're going to you know clock management play action that's that's just so you don't get stomped by 30 points and you might have a chance of getting lucky at the end um I mean the reality is we could talk about Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and that rivalry but if you really look at it I mean Jared Goff did better going toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes a couple years ago in 2018 than Lamar Jackson ever has. Lamar Jackson. And I don't know that that had anything more to do than other than the fact that Sean McVay was the one steering the ship on the other end of that. Exactly. Course. Yeah, and Aaron Donald was literally and had, yeah. responsible for you know 14 points in those. So yeah. here, okay, so now you bring up here's the thing that I that I think we're going to see do the most damage and most um, Im- impact on this game is this defensive line against their offensive line. How? How how many times does Chris Jones literally stand there and take the ball from Lamar with Lamar turning around? Like, how, oh God, hi Jesus, why are you there so fast? Like the meme yeah. with like the Chris Jones is going to absolutely eat. Chris Jones uh, like, is going to eat. I think it's going to be, and, and we may see Chris Jones more at defensive tackle. Another guy that stood out last, Mike Dana did a really good job. He had more. He looked like he just had more juice than he did last year, and it might have been just you know your week one and you're pumped up. And he is what he is, but like he had some really good hustle plays, um, and and so I think if they're more comfortable with him, you know, getting some of those rotations in. But yeah, I mean, um, really, the whole defensive line came alive, and and it and I'll say this: Chris Jones sets the pace for that defensive line, and the second that he started disrupting things, it felt like everybody was was getting in on the action. So yeah, the offensive line the started sooner, breaking down for sure. Yeah. The sooner that, you know, sooner the, the glass breaks and Stone Cold walks through the door, the sooner that defensive line is, is going to be doing a, you know, just causing causing all that happen. He, he really does, not just in terms of his own personal impact, but like you, you can just tell that the t- his teammates respond to him. And they know that when he's, when he's, you know, pulling attention away, they know that, that they have to step up. So um, Frank Clark has talent and can do things, but 
I, I still think Chris Jones is the biggest difference maker on this team in terms of that defensive Frank's line. Frank's going to be more unlocked this year. Yeah, I and honestly, a second contributor who wasn't really talked about much, but Tershawn Wharton is still uh, balling out as usual. I'm big, big mm-hmm. Tershawn Wharton fans on this show, but um, just with, uh, especially adding Jaron Reed and just the depth, the depth that we have at defensive tackle, we still got obviously the bumper car himself, Colin Saunders. Um, hey man, them nine eight nine 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 five nine one, yeah. all them big boys down there. In the no, center. there's so many different rotations that we can use. So honestly, I think Chris Jones will still get a very fair share of defensive end snaps, especially just going up against Villanueva. Oh, God, I think I, I think I line him up exclusively at DN this week, Jesus. I, I just think I want to I want to line him up exclusively at DN for the whole season, honestly. Just <laughs> the, from what we've seen already. Exactly. Because from what we've seen from week one, like he literally just blows by dudes like it's it's crazy like they don't even get a hand on him and then if they do get a hand on him he's just swiping him away instantly it's mm-hmm. like there's really no way to attack him and i mean They're he's not... got so many possibilities from inside and out it's it's gonna be a crazy season for him i think all right all right tom tell me tell me how you stop chris jones on a d as a dn when he because they don't i i talked about it last week they don't. They're not used to a guy that has that much power who's also that fast. He's yeah. not. <laughs> I, I listened to KCSN boys, Jeff Allen and mm-hmm. Mike Vito, and the Reggie White thing. It's like, okay, like mm-hmm. I see it. I don't yeah. want to say it because I know what Reg, what Reggie White is and like what that means. But Legend. like those yeah. dudes are stop talking about it, and it's right there. Like that hump. <laughs> good lord. Yeah. I, I remember watching Reggie White as a kid, and it just looked different. Mm-hmm. There's like two dudes that just look different now, and it's 99 in LA and 95 in Kansas City. They just look different. Yeah, I mean, coming off the edge like that, it's it's a different game. You, you, you there was a, I know there was one rep last week where he just had perfect timing, and he came. I mean, I literally was untouched. <laughs> Never even yeah. moved. It looked it wasn't like even the dude fair. didn't move. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't even fair, and so good luck on those reps. So one, you're you're hoping that he at least like that he doesn't just blow by you, which again is an impressive part of his game. Um, but yeah, that strength is hard. I, you know, I think you, if you're an offensive tackle, you're hoping that your coach has a little bit of sympathy, maybe puts in a tight end next to you to chip, and you're trying to turn him back inside and just get him caught up in traffic, right? Caught up in in the bodies that are that are there. Um, what you really don't want is you don't want him to go through you. <laughs> Um, or to go inside, right? Those are that's where Chris Jones is going to really eat. If you're if you're an offensive tackle, you might be able to, you know, if you can get him out wide and ride him out that way and let your quarterback step up and get away, um, that might be a way to approach it. But man, it's it's just situationally, it's so hard to to plan for all that because at any point, Jones could you know plant his feet square up and run through you. So it's a tough it's a tough matchup regardless of of who you are. There's not many players in the NFL who are going to be able to sit there and anchor well against Chris Jones and especially when he's got momentum you know moving on his side yeah and they don't have the most athletic tackles in the world you know with the healthy Ronnie Stanley um so it's one of those things where yeah like you almost have to double team him with a guard every time and and try to uh send a twist or just some kind of chip on him because yeah he's a monster and he'll get in that backfield real quick without Lamar even seeing it and as we saw from the Monday Night Football game, Lamar has a little bit of case of the butterfingers sometimes. Um, he he, it's that it's that loaf of bread, Lashawn McCoy. Sometimes it's just out there and about yeah. there for getting mm-hmm. ripped. Exactly. And that's a bad idea against Chris Jones. Joining us now is a nine-year NFL veteran and former Chiefs defensive tackle here to talk with us a little bit about the Chiefs-Ravens game on Sunday Night Football this week, Mr. Lionel Joey Roll Dalton. How's it going, Lionel? Good. How you guys doing? Doing well. Pretty good. Pretty good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so how are you doing, man, after uh, after the successful uh, surgery? I feel a lot better than I did a month ago. I mean, I'm starting to get my energy back. I worked out for the first time yesterday. Um, I can eat normal. I can drink normal because I can only drink 32 ounces a day at one point because of the fluid overload. I can drink. I don't want me to drink a gallon of water a day, but that's that's been tough. But I'm I'm trying to get it down. But man, I feel good. I'm lucky. Feel blessed. Lucky. All everything. You know, if you um, have something to tell you in life, you know everything's sweet after. So I appreciate it. I you know life a lot more right now. So 
don't know. Everything's good, man. I have nothing to complain about, man. Every day above dirt is a good day for me right now. Right on. So That's yeah. good. So, um, yeah, I'm good, man. I'm happy, man. Family happy. So, I have nothing to complain about. That's good to hear, man. Uh, it's it watching that whole story and getting to talk to you a little bit before and and going th- going through that. Maybe share for everybody that maybe missed or didn't hear or catch your story just a little bit briefly of what you were going through before and then what's taken place since then and where you're at now. So uh, back in January 2020, uh, not 2020 was horrible. It started off horrible for me. So January 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 the first 2020, I had a party. I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning and couldn't breathe, so like I was drowning. I went to the uh, fire station across the street from my house, and my um, blood pressure was at a stroke level, and my oxygen level was very low. So they rushed me to the hospital. I was in my hospital in Atlanta, Georgia, and um, <clears throat> the doctor came in after being, being there for three days and running um, biopsy and tests on my kidneys. They told me I had, um, my kidneys were functioning at about 17%. And I need to have emergency dialysis. So they took me dialysis, kept me in the hospital for about a month, running tests and seeing, making sure everything was working correctly. Um, and so I was on dialysis from January 2020 up until two days ago when I had the kind of life saving kidney transplant. Um, and up until the end, I, you know, I was going to dialysis three days a week, five hours. So it's like 15 hours out of my, um, you know, yeah, 15 hours out of my um, week. Um, dialysis, you know, by dialysis, what it does is cleanse the blood of all the things that urinate, urina, urination usually does. So, all my potassium, um, it pretty much gets the potassium out of your blood. So, too much potassium in your blood can actually make your heart stop. And it also removes fluid, and too much fluid can also um, create damage to the heart. That's why they try to get people off dialysis as soon as possible because the fluid overload over time can really damage your heart. And so, a lot of people can't get transplants. Because they've been on the on dialysis so long that it has damaged their heart, so the doctors won't do the transplant because your heart is not strong enough to withstand to withstand surgery. So, um, so I was lucky enough to um, get a call about a last Tuesday that um, someone um, they had a, uh, John Hopkins here in Maryland had a kidney for me, and um, they called us about eight o'clock in the eight o'clock at night. Um, I grabbed all my clothes and what I could in the bag, and I got on the first flight out to Baltimore. And um, I got a transplant, like I said, about 10 days, 10, 11 days ago. And now I'm here doing follow-up with the doctors in Baltimore. Wow. So I'll be here for to the end of the month running tests, and they just want to make sure the kidney is functioning correctly before they allow me to go back home. It's crazy how fast that happened because we just talked to you a couple weeks ago and you were still going through the hunting process of trying to even find a kidney and hoping that somebody had one um, and, and diff- talking about different lists and different places because we found out from you all the different lists and all the different states have different lists and everybody's got different different stuff. So you, it's not a nationwide thing. I know you you've talked about big plans coming up in the future for for what you've got coming. I saw you have an announcement for Sunday night, so we won't ask you to spoil anything like that. But um, okay. just uh, just talk about your experience with, with the whole community, the NFL community, because I know you've been super appreciative of it on Twitter and everything, but just to mm-hmm. just talk about your experience with, with how everybody's reached out and helped out. And then kind of, I know you, it's something that doesn't always get highlighted is, is the donor themselves. Sometimes the person who actually right. gave, gave the, the organ or whatever for whichever organ or it is that needed donated in this case kidney <clears throat> so just just maybe a couple of those little things some stuff along those lines because this is stuff people that don't they don't understand much of i don't think from a from a, the human side of this perspective so um so what i was doing is getting on different lists and different problems so what i said i'm gonna say i got people that like me and i played on five teams so my plan was to try to go to each city where maybe it's a, a fan that, that I may happy or enjoy it, or maybe want some game money, they bet it on the game, that might want to donate the kids to me. So I was in the problem. Actually, I'm about to fly to Kansas the day after they called me. So I was going to get on St. Um, Jude or St. Paul out there? St. Jude. I think it's St. Jude, Jude up there. Yeah, St. Jude. And they have the shortest waiting list for kidneys in the United States. It's only like one year. And uh, everywhere else is like eight, five to eight years. 
So uh, I was on my way. I was supposed to go out there. Then I got the call. And like I said, I went to the hospital. And, um, and I'm here right now. So I got a kidney transplant. I was in the hospital for about a week. Um, doctors wanted to run more tests. Um, make sure I urinate before I leave the hospital at least. Um, at least. I think they want me to do at least two or three times a day to make sure it was functioning correctly. Um, the kidney was given to me from a, um, this is a third party. The kidney was given to me by a young, a young high school man who um, had a freak accident. And he was on um, life support. His mother took him off the machine. And uh, I guess I was next in line. So I, I was donated the young man's kidney. But um, that was, it's a sweet, it's a, it's a bittersweet thing. Because I, I had to get that day. So I worked. So that's probably why the parents haven't reached out to me yet. They still grieving because they lost their son. But um, I, I feel blessed, man. And, um, I feel blessed and um, lucky to be here right now. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a, yeah. a bittersweet. Yeah, definitely a bittersweet situation. Those those situations usually are, but um, at least there's a light on the other side. And uh, obviously, everyone in the in the NFL community, I know Chiefs Kingdom especially, was uh, very happy to see you get the kidney and and see that you're uh, healthy now because you're a really great dude. And uh, yeah, it was just awesome talking to you last week. It's great to talk to you now again to to follow up and see how much better you're doing. So um, yeah, we're really happy for you, man. Yeah, I got a lot of support from Kansas. Kansas City, a lot of people from Kansas were retweeting, uh, sending out my message out to different people in the area. I think I got did that. I did that on Eric Warfield show. I did one Dunn show, the Eddie Kennison podcast, and I did you guys podcast. And so um, it was a lot of people, you know, so here in Baltimore, too. And then what's, 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 what's the odds I'm announcing what I'm doing at the game? And both of you guys don't be there. <laughs> but, um, and so, um, yeah, I got a lot of support for NFL. I did a NFL Legends podcast. Um, Shannon Shaw was in the park to give me on his show right before everything happened as well. So um, that was on Good Morning America. So, um, yeah, I, mean, I have a lot of support and a lot of people were, you know, praying for me. And, and those that those things kind of put you through those rough days. You know, people are, you know, people are there generally care about you. Generally want to see you succeed. So um, I appreciate all the love I got from you guys. So we'll all tune in for uh, for Sunday night to wait for that announcement. Don't worry, we're all we're all gonna be tuned in anyway because the two teams you just mentioned are gonna be squaring off on Sunday night. So of course we gotta ask you about that a little bit. How's uh, how's that one feeling, man? I don't want to be in the middle. <laughs> Same. I know it's both sides of the fence there. You because you played for both places. You've been in part of both cities and both communities. Really, really reached out and, and really embraced you. So I know that's. This one's going to be probably a little tougher than normal to root for, but uh, how you how you yeah. feeling about going into this one? How I feel about who's going to win? About I'm just saying neutral. I just want all the players to have a good game. That's fair. Hey, you don't That's have to. Enough. We don't have to make I you pick. We're not going to. Yeah, we won't make you, you pick. Know, I played for both teams about the same amount of time too, so I was on both teams. So um, I like both teams, um, but. Uh, only advantage is I had my best years as a player in Kansas City. Like, I had six sacks. I never I only had nine sacks in my career. But then I won a Super Bowl with Baltimore. So it's like, <laughs> you know. And, um, <laughs> and I had, so I had good times in both cities. And I enjoyed my time playing for both of you guys. Um, I had barbecue in Baltimore. I mean, barbecue in Kansas and crab cakes in Baltimore. So yeah, good food as well. So, ah, man, it's going to be a tough one, man. I'm just going to try to be neutral. Hey, that, we'll we'll take that for sure. Um, last question before we get you out of here, I wanted to ask you about uh, Chris Jones and uh, just how much of a monster he is because uh, they've been moving him to, to defensive end this year and he's played defensive tackle before. Did you ever play with someone who could play inside and out like that across the whole D-line and just absolutely dominate? And what does it take for someone to do that? No, I played Bonnie Jones with Bonnie, Bonnie Holiday. He played in uh, Kansas with me, but he played, he wouldn't play inside on passing down. So no, I've never played anybody like that guy. No, no one that dominated. He played inside and outside. No, I've never played anybody that. Usually guys are good at one or the other, but um, no, I've never played with someone that talented. Yeah, it's definitely an elite breed that uh, we don't see too often. We see Aaron Donald and a couple other guys uh, doing it nowadays, but it's definitely a, a unique concept. Maybe go back to like the Reggie White days, the last time you really seen a guy truly dominate uh, right. inside and out. So, 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good game, man. We're so happy to have you on to join us and uh, talk about, obviously, your story and everything like that. We're excited for your announcement on Sunday Night Football. We're going to be uh, eagerly waiting for that. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. So, Wait, Let's get you out of here on this. If you got any advice for anybody going through what you went through, like we talked about it before, but now that you've kind of come out the other side of that process, maybe some, maybe a little bit different advice or is it the same advice as before or whatnot and get, get, get you out of here on that because – your story has been something that we've been following, and, and we really appreciate you coming on and sharing it with everybody. I just work with everybody, get the routine checkup, get the blood work each year, get at least twice a year, get routine checkup, stay on top of your kidney health. And one of the biggest things is high blood pressure, diabetes, and not having enough water. You know what I'm saying? If you eat good, you can deal with high blood pressure and diabetes. They don't overload the sugar and starches. If you drink enough water, you should be able to, you know, have a kidney for a lifetime, you know. But um, I was dehydrated all the time, and I didn't treat my high blood pressure, and that's what took me down that road I went. So if I can give any advice, just stay on top of your health and make sure you get the blood work done. Follow, you know, try to eat as healthy as you can. Well, right on, man. Lionel, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, have a great rest of the day, man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me again. Yeah, anytime, man, anytime. Hey, yeah, welcome anytime. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you. Have a good one. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022, and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun, and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. Uh, so jumping over to the Chiefs offensive side and just obviously the big the big matchup that we always like to talk about is the new offensive line versus uh, the D-line for the Ravens, which, I mean, they have a, a, a pretty formidable D-line. They have Justin Houston, they have uh, Odafe Awe, um, Calais Campbell, a couple other guys, Brandon Williams at nose tackle. Um, definitely, I wouldn't say up to par with the Browns defensive line from last week uh, and the Chiefs and the, that new offensive line handled it pretty well. Um, so what are you guys kind of expecting to see from the offensive line this week? I, I'll go first real quick because Tom's going to have a lot more to say on this. Um, I think the interior for Baltimore is stronger and the edges aren't as deep as Cleveland has off the edge. So when you move your strength inside and you go against the Chiefs' strength, which also inside, I know odd saying that with two rookies making up three, two of those three parts, but – the strength is the interior this year. I don't like Baltimore's chances of stopping this offense like at all, pretty much, because they're going to have time and they're going to blitz Patrick. And if you blitz Patrick, you die. I don't know how many times we have to talk about this, but if you blitz him, you die. You lose. It's just it, I. Every time they blitz him, he beats them. Because Tyreek's going to beat somebody one-on-one or Travis is going to beat somebody one-on-one and then ball's already out and you didn't get within five feet of him or he you did and then he made your guy look stupid and now Tyreek's running down the field and look, touchdown. Like, (laughs) the offensive line's going to be fine and they're going to pick it all up interior. They didn't really have any problems diagnosing anything. Matter of fact, Trey Smith looked like he was reading the playbook from the defense all game long. 
Yeah. And I don't know how much of that is Creed and him and working together, but like they knew he seemed to know what was coming all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know where that changes against Baltimore and the, and the interior is their strength. So strength on strength, I like Kansas City. And they are now without Marcus Peters. They're now without another starter in the secondary. Marlon Humphrey has been all over the field. Uh, I don't, that's not a recipe for success. Tyreek had 197 last week. Mm-hmm. Look out. Ooh. On pace for 3,000 this season. <laughs> look, uh, look out, man. If he, they struggle with covering him anyway. If yeah. he has a day, it could be a couple of big ones to the house. And then all of a sudden he has eight catches for 250 and like, uh oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's a tough matchup. Um, yeah, so the defensive front for Baltimore is a little bit different than what we got from Cleveland. Cleveland is just, um, man, they just have so many athletes and so many guys who are just kind of freaks. Freaky. And uh, one freaky. of the things that we didn't talk about going into the game was Malik McDowell, which I yeah. think most That's people – because I forgot he was on the freaking roster. Yeah, so he was a – coming out of Michigan State, he was a guy who looked really well and then just had – he had a freak ATV accident his rookie year. And, and honestly, I, I – was surprised that he even made it back into the NFL. So it sounds like he's had to do a lot of work. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's an athletic player. It wouldn't surprise me to see him, you know, continue to be good this year. Um, and then, I mean, and I said, I tweeted this during the game, you know, there's going to be some, Oh, the chiefs offensive line is bad takes this, this week that are just not necessary. Miles Garrett is probably a top three defensive end in the NFL. You could make a strong argument that just in terms of the raw physical tools and everything where he's at, he could, you could make an argument that he's top two, top one, right? Um, he freakish. was built in a lab to play the position, right? <laughs> yes. And, and so for Orlando Brown to give up some pressures to him, that's okay. There's not many tackles in the NFL who are going to just shut him down. Um, you know, Orlando Brown had some good reps against him too. So it wasn't all this like massacre or anything, you know, he, um, and like we said, it, it's not always going to be pretty, but they got the job done. We're going to see, I, I'm much more excited to see this. This is more of a, you know, what you're going to see week to week. You're not going to run into the Browns defensive line every week. Yeah. Um, those freak athletes, you have some, some really, you know, vested veterans on the, on the Ravens defensive side. Uh, Brandon Williams is a, is a good nose tackle. I think that's going to be an interesting matchup with Creed Humphrey. All right. Those are both two big bodies in the middle. And if, if Creed can hold up there, then you can, you know, kind of figure out how to take care of Calias Campbell. Um, Derek Wolf is a guy that you're probably familiar with just, you know, from his days in Denver, but he's not the same guy he was. He's dealt with some injuries. DNP, I believe, today. Oh, yeah. Well, there we go. Um, Justin Houston, we'll see how much hatred he has in his heart. I mean, there was, you know, it wasn't that long ago that he took over that game for the Colts, but also he's not lining up against Eric Fisher. Houston's always been a power guy, so – um, you know, if he's going to try to power rush through Orlando Brown, I think there's a, those are strengths on strengths. Good luck there. Good luck um, with Lucas Niang on the same thing on the other side. Cause he's yeah. not any smaller. Yeah. And that's, and I, I would say maybe they, they move them around to try to maximize that, uh, that matchup again, Baltimore has a tendency to try to, they were kind of the ones who taught the world. You shouldn't blitz Patrick Mahomes. We'll see if they, <laughs> if they. Wink do doesn't care. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, adopt a, Odafi Owe, um, Odafe Owe. I'm I'm not Odafe. sure. Um, yeah, I know he, he was. Um, I'm not sure. He had a Penn State, um, and um, you know he's he's okay. He's he's an athlete. He's I'm not too worried about him. I think we'll shut him. I think they'll handle him fine. So um, this is much more of a typical NFL defensive front, and not um, not the Browns unit, which is probably you know, towards the top of the league. So, uh, and, and the Chiefs offensive line held up against him. I do think the one part that disappointed me, and, and this will be a challenge for them again, especially with those those veterans up front, is just to see how the Chiefs, especially on the inside, uh, established the run game a little bit more. Um, Clyde found some more room in the second half. And, and again, Cleveland really did a phenomenal job, but um, wanted to see just a little bit more push. And so uh, then we got, but I, I'd really like to see you know, again, I love to watch Patrick Mahomes throw the ball, but I'd like to see some, at least the option for balance. So then teams have to see that on tape and worry about it a little bit more. So that would be for me, I think if there's one thing to prove, it's less about the pass protection and more about, can we move these bodies, especially these big bodies and Derek Wolf, if he plays uh, Brandon Williams and, and Clyus Campbell. 
Yeah, I think uh, the pass rush is definitely of the least concern. Probably, uh, I'm just gonna be looking forward to to run game and see if we can uh, if we can you know get a little more push than we saw versus the Browns, um, which is obviously a very formidable. If you have the advantage in the passing game by such a large margin, and you have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, why not just use it at that point? Well, yeah, but I mean, why even employ a running back then? I guess you know. <laughs> in games like this, good question. Yeah. Other than to use for pass I mean, it's all just, and, it's all about, you have to, backfield. I mean, you have to mix in a little bit of, uh, you know, play action and stuff to that. threaten They've that. They've been but... saying that for two years, Andy Reid's like, yeah, I'll show you. It's called a screen pass and a slant. Those are called part of the run game. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me show you how it's done. You're not wrong. Like... So ultimately, uh, you know, the offensive and defensive line, that's going to be a good battle. Um, in terms of coverage for the, for the Baltimore Ravens, um, trying to cover Kelsey and Hill, and uh, maybe Hardman gets in a little bit. Maybe we see more D route and Pringle. Um, obviously, we talked that there's a lot of people out, uh, or you know, potentially out. Uh, and to be honest, the people who are even left aren't really that intimidating for me in terms of their secondary and their linebackers and stuff. Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen is a very uh, would be the one exception I think. To... I'll give you a matchup. I want to see if they have the idea that they're going to put Patrick Queen on Travis Kelsey this year, because they really didn't try it last year. They basically made that, um, can't remember who the safety was last year for them, but made it his job. And I think they're going to try that again this year. I think they're going to see if Queen can do it, which everybody on earth knows that linebackers can't cover him. And they keep, we just keep seeing it over and over again. Seth, I think did a whole thread about why you just got to stop treating mm -hmm. Travis Kelsey, like anything other than receiver at, down in the red zone. Yeah, that would be that would be very tough if they put Patrick Queen on. I think. Um, well, I guess you're. The thing is, the mismatches for me. Got Marlon Humphrey, and then who else do you have in that secondary? I know Jimmy's been hurt. Anthony He's back there. He's Anthony Averett is their second starting cornerback. I, I like it, Anthony, but uh, yeah, he's not going to hold up well against speed. Um, real quick, let's just run through. Let's just run through a um, a list of all the players in the NFL who can cover Travis Kelsey. One-on-one. Uh, -on -one. Mm -hmm. Okay, now that we've got that list out of the way. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, good luck. Good luck to... Well, and I hope we cover them the way that they covered Waller for the Raiders. Yeah, which is yeah, not covering right? <laughs> I swear, they were talking... Okay, everybody that didn't watch the Manning cast with Travis Kelsey, I'm sorry, you missed out, you should have watched it. Yeah. They were talking about who they were playing next week and Travis A didn't realize they were playing Baltimore. Ha ha. Funny. Everybody funny. Great. Um, but they were talking about him seeing the coverage that Waller was getting and looking at what he's, what to expect. And we're sitting there and, and you're watching this. Waller had 19 targets. Yeah, absolutely mm -hmm. wild. And it wasn't like it was because he wasn't open. There was a couple times Derek tried to force him one, but it's Darren Waller you're going to have that happen sometimes when you're doing those kind of things. But he had, right. if you're going to cover him one-on-one -on -one like that, and Waller looked like he had a couple that he probably should have had that he didn't, and a couple they made a nice play on, you're not going to get away with that against Travis Kelsey. No. Six for seven for happen. 76 yards will turn into Tyree kills, you know, 16 for 205 as he dances into the end zone all day. <laughs> Every like, time. Every time. If they cover him that way, I, I'm sorry. Good luck. Yeah, yeah good, good luck, luck indeed is really all you can but, say. But no, let's who because I that's not even the matchup that I think is the most intriguing. It's the matchups with the receiving core because I think you're this is your game for McColl. You're yeah. gonna see a lot of man Saw coverage. Last year. I know you're gonna see a lot of man coverage, and that dude is really hard to cover one on one because guess what? Mm -hmm. He's also really fast. Yeah. Um McColl has typically had at least a couple plays against the uh the Ravens. They like to use him a lot. Um, in this matchup, the, the one thing that McCole has to figure out, um, and it's going to just kind of make or break his career at this point. Like, yeah, his, his development is he's got to learn to track the ball better and then to finish routes. I mean, those are the two things that he consistently has not done well. Um, you know, you see Patrick kind of telling him, you know, keep running. I remember that from his, I think his first year, or maybe it was his second. Like he's got, he's, that's a part, and that's a very underrated. Like part of the reason why Tyreek Hill is so good at what he did what he does is because he can track the ball down the field when Mahomes just launches one right um that's, yeah you watched it Sunday yeah you, we, we saw it Sunday Tom um, Johnson had his arms up in the air like yeah. 
Didn't How matter. does that happen? Yeah. Well, because you were trying so hard to run with him, you can't do that without putting all of your focus on running with him, and he's jogging and looking for the mm-hmm. ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just you – yeah, the, the team – McColl's going to have to figure it out, and then the, the team will have to maybe worry about a second receiver down the road. But right now, we saw week one, Tyreek and, and Travis can handle just about anybody. Yeah, it really is just the, the Travis – Tyreek show out there <laughs> and then hopefully Clyde gets a little more into the, maybe the passing game and uh, and the implement some more screens but yeah I think we might see uh, Andy Reid get get creative in this game we saw a lot of creativity actually in the Browns game which we didn't really talk about too much um, obviously there is the Mike Remmers uh, little underhand pass that didn't end up working I don't uh, want to talk about that yeah ever. we don't have to talk about that ever <laughs> that's the last time I want to see Mike Remmers on the field the entire season um and then uh yeah and then we also like there's that fourth and two or whatever with Blake Bell who ended up lining up under center and took a QB sneak uh we saw a couple uh you know those triple option things one of them uh was not did not end up going too well but ultimately like I think the Ravens especially with the the defense that they have and just there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of experience, but there's just not a lot of good matchups. And there's so many matchups that the Chiefs could exploit very easily. So look out for, for Andy Reid to get creative in this one. And probably creative early, because he likes to just uh, come out and shock people. There's also, uh, I don't even know if it was ever really talked about, but there was a, a play that they were going to run in the end zone last week um, that ended up they ended up not running it because uh, someone... You know, I think it was Tyreek who didn't know exactly what the play call was, and then they ended up calling a timeout or something like that. But they lined up in a similar formation to uh, kind of how they did in the Super Bowl with that mm-hmm. little uh, Rose Bowl play. They ended up lined up with like three guys, and then Mahomes oh, behind them. I think the them. false start killed that. Yeah, it yeah, might have been a false start. Yeah, I forget. Yeah. There was a couple uh, botched think, kind yeah, of plays I think like Mahomes that. Yeah, Mahomes and somebody else. Um... I think it was I, well, I think it was Tyreek that ended up false starting, and then they yeah. went for another play, and he didn't know the play, so they had to call timeout. Um, so it's just a little yeah. sloppy red zone coordination there, but uh, I yeah. still expect them to uh, to get creative in this one. Well, and that goes back to the point of you know this offensive line. Part of the hopefully part of the goal is to be able to convert some of those short yard situations when yeah. necessary. Again, sometimes that like um, creativity is good, but you can get too cute sometimes, right? Just have Seattle. Um, you know, when you're at the one yard line, run the football. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, one of those trick plays in the, in the drive stall in the field goal happened because of a holding call that I'm still not a hundred percent sure it was a holding call on Joe Tootney. Yeah. But otherwise we have first and goal at the one on. So there's some things involved there as far as context goes, but I think you're right about the, who they do as far as Andy Reid scheming some things up. I do think you're going to see some stuff drawn up for McColl because this is kind of the game that he can really use to, to push off with and go forward with, especially doing it yeah. with Sammy standing on the other sideline, looking exactly. across the bow at him. And I don't think we saw too many like jet sweeps from versus the Browns, but that's something that they really like to run versus the Ravens, and they really like McColl doing, um, coming across and just you know getting him uh, getting him some open room. So him in space is dangerous because it all it takes is a second. Yeah, as long as he starts out running forward and doesn't hesitate, then as soon as he starts running forward, then uh, he's dangerous. So, so. Um, do we have anybody, any players to watch that we haven't mentioned? Anybody to keep an eye on that maybe is going to do something different this week? Um, well, we didn't talk about Mike Hughes any at all. Uh, but he was kind of the, the hero of the Browns game, obviously, <laughs> and we saw him. Uh, Mixing in different kind of coverage ways. Obviously, that was all probably reliant on the, the Tyron Matthew thing. But I expect him to uh, to get definitely get some shine. Cause I, just because I think the Ravens might uh, might be in a lot of obvious passing situations, like you said, and they might be have a lot of receivers out there on the field going four or five wide. Um, so I think Mike Hughes will end up seeing a lot of playing time. I also hope that DeAndre Baker uh, is a, at least active, um, and especially he gets uh, some playing time as well, because. Um, those two, I think they have a lot of potential for sure as, as far as young corners in the secondary and getting them more game reps, uh, especially versus a, a weekend offense like this. It's just, it's just good. I think it should be, uh, you know, you never want to walk into a game underestimating another NFL team, but the Ravens are at a pretty big disadvantage and um, I'm sure we'll hear the excuses, you know, oh, well, we were hurt, we were hurt, you know, injuries happen. Um, part of the game of life, part of the game of football. So um, I, I think that the Chiefs will be able to handle business. 
All right, so we get some score predictions now, maybe, huh? Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you one other guy to to maybe look at. Byron Pringle, mm. I think, gets on the field this week, and I think does some things this week. This seems like a game where when you get him matched up against corner three or four, which is actually corner six or five or whatever now. He's going to be able to do some things to that guy in coverage when they're worried about covering Tyreek and Travis and even McCole to an extent because they he's hurt them before. Right. When you see Martindale getting crazy and doing blitzes, it's going to leave guys like Pringle and maybe tight end two and a half or three, whichever one you want to call it, Gray, Ford, Center, whichever one of those two's on the field with Travis in some of those situations. You may see them get the ball more this week. So pay attention to those those couple of guys there. Uh, score prediction, I feel bad because this score would be totally different prediction-wise if this team was still together the same way it was designed three weeks ago for Baltimore. But um, I don't know that the only way the Chiefs don't score more than 35 points is if they stop trying to score more than 35 points because I don't know what that they're not going to have. They're going to have the possessions, too. I don't think the Ravens are going to have the ball much. No. Um, I'm going to go 38-20. I, I'm not making this up. That was going to be my exact. Like I was. Going that to was pretty close to me. That was pretty close to what yeah. mine was going to be. Yeah. I mean, I said forty to nineteen last week. If that was before Tyron was out and Frank was out, and yep. that game ended up being way closer than it should than that because of those two things. I so, remember what I said last week. Um, yeah, I think Baltimore will get two touchdowns and two field goals, and I, um, I and like I said, I don't I don't even think it's really that close. I think it's like thirty-five seven or thirty-five ten. Yeah. At the at when when it stops mattering and then they score a couple of garbage times. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with forty two to seventeen. Um and I think honestly we might see this game, you know, you talked about them maybe taking the foot off the gas at the end, but it almost might be like the, the playoff game versus Houston a couple years ago where like even after we came back and, you know, caught them in the second half or in the first half, like we still ended up scoring, outscoring them by 20 points just because like we caught, caught like one or two more kind of garbage time touchdowns at the end. So mm-hmm. to be honest, like this might be a thing where we just accidentally run up the points. Like it might be a thing where even if we try to take our foot off the gas, the foot, I mean, the gas is just uh, well, still there. Yeah, like if if they're not the only way you take your foot off the gas fully in some of these situations is if Mahomes is standing on the sideline. Yeah, with that, his hat is, on. that is that like, is the true only way to. But I mean, honestly, Henny, I would not put it past Henny to dice up this defense. No, but but that's taking your foot off the gas. If no, you put yeah, the Ferrari exactly. in the garage and get the Ford Focus mm-hmm. out. That's taking your foot. Yeah, off that's the when gas. you that's when you start with the. Uh, all right, let's just run the ball. Get Daryl some snaps. Get Jerry <laughs> like, McKinnon some snaps. You know. Clyde, here's the foot. <laughs> here's the football. Daryl, here's the football. Yeah. No, why don't you go take some snaps for Travis? Exactly. Like, and I'm not even. It's not even Baltimore's fault at this point because of how injured they. No, are. Like, and I just, really, like, we do feel bad for Baltimore just because they've. I mean, they've been going through it this season so far, and I mean, we don't have such a. And this is uh, one of the games that you circle on the calendar that you want to watch in the NFL season because it should be a matchup of two of the premier quarterbacks with two of the better rosters, and the. I, don't know what happened. Something's yeah. in the water in Baltimore, or the practice I mean, field's got some I feel problems. Like it's be the I don't know field. what. But Nobody was busting out the little violins for Kansas City last year when they were heading into it, the Super Bowl. So sure, I don't feel bad but it for didn't hit like that. Point. This looks like the yeah. Niners last year when yeah. they just got destroyed by injury yeah. off the bat. Yeah, or a lot the different Chargers wins. like every year. It's a lot of different wins right at the start of the season like this. Yeah. It's just they don't even get a chance really to, to show what they got. So at least the Chiefs last year we had we show that we we're good with a good old line and then a bad with a bad old line. So this is one of those things the Ravens can't really show that they're good with a good with team. With a mostly bad old line, just don't be like a like everybody's out just, of position. Just don't like shuffle three different. Nine. Just don't shuffle three different starters for the only the Super like Bowl. Yeah, it's like just leave them where they are. But I digress. We're past that because uh, it's gonna be a great Sunday night football game. Um, and we're yeah, all excited. Late kick, boys and girls. Yeah, exactly. Stay up so late, get your pajamas on. It's gonna be late one. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a fun game. Um, I'm excited to uh, to see the Chiefs go 2-0 potentially. Um, so, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We will be back next week with uh, probably one or two more episodes, probably two more episodes at least, maybe even three. Who knows? We might get creative. We might, might get crazy. Uh, yeah, we might have uh, some more special guests on. We, we're, not, we're not quite sure yet. but um, <clears throat> Maybe an artist or two. Maybe an artist or two. Maybe a couple uh, guests we've had on the podcast previously. Who knows? Um, Patrick it'll just, Mahomes himself. 
Who knows? The yeah, day we get Patrick Mahomes himself is the day that we all retire because that's the pinnacle of our career. <laughs> yeah, we can't. We can't. Yeah, we point. can't even want it. We can't go any higher than that. There's, so. There is no top of that one. No, exactly. That is when you uh, you quit while you're ahead. So, uh, thank you so much to everyone for listening, uh, and be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Kingdom Says Pod, and we will talk to you guys after the game next week. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.